BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. From KQD in San Francisco, I'm Alexis Madrigal. What do you notice out the window from your seat on Muni, the ferry, or BART? When you ride public transit, you're free to look around. And looking around can tell you a lot about where you live. We talk about the breathtaking vistas and hidden histories revealed to us through the windows of public transit and how what we see or don't see shapes our connection to the Bay Area. We'll take your calls and get the views that make you look up from your phone or remind you of your culture or city, and will help you decode some of the sites that are hiding in plain view along the 48 or the yellow line. That's all coming up next, right after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. We're talking about what we see from public transit. And we're joined this morning first by the creator of a fun new documentary, Tunnel Vision, an unauthorized BART ride. It's Vincent Wu. Wu is a longtime BART rider, and he wanted to see what it looked like at the front of the train, or really from the front of the train. So one day, as surreptitiously as possible, he attached an action camera on the front of a train headed for Antioch, and took an incredible long take into and out of tunnels, under cities, across the bay, and more. Hey, welcome to the show, Vincent. It's great to be here. So just logistically, how difficult was this to do? I mean, was it just you just did it the first time, stuck the camera on there? Oh, gosh, no. It was a huge pain, I would say. I mean, I had to shoot the whole thing probably like three times, each time encountering a different sort of problem that I had to fix. And it was just nerve-wracking, too. That's, that was the other thing I didn't expect. Like, the part where you have to sneak a camera on in the front of the train, I thought would be more just a casual jaunt than it ended up being. Like I And people are like, what exactly are you doing attaching something to the front of our train? Well, the goal is to never get asked that question. <laughs> and, like, in service of that goal, you end up spending a lot of time, like, hanging out without trying to look suspicious, like at SFO, which is its own kind of challenge. Yes. But you did get it. You got the take. Um, the films on YouTube premiered to a sold-out crowd um, at the Roxy. So for those who haven't seen it, give us a sense of this experience of the film. Yeah, a lot of people have described the movie to me as hypnotic, which I sort of understand. It's sort of 2001-y in some parts <laughs> where like, the scenes are just flashing by you just really quickly. But in another 
it's also really meditative. Like it's sort of mm-hmm. like a landscape documentary in some sense of like the way that the Bay Area looks like once you get passed out, like east past Oakland into Contra Costa County, the rolling hills. It's hard to describe overall. I would say it's like the YouTube cab ride genre meets a documentary. <laughs> I mean, when I was watching it with my kids, so funny. My We went down into the Trans Bay, too, because, of course, you start like looking for the spots that, that might look really interesting. And it kind of does, as she put it, she felt, she said, I feel like I'm falling into the void. And it kind of looks like that. You're going down, down, and like everything is speeding past you. And it has this feel, for those who are trying to imagine what this looks like visually, it's a little bit like a jump sequence in Star Trek. Oh, yeah, totally. Like the stars just rushing by you, like yeah. all the lights in the tunnel. And yet it's the most ordinary thing in the world. It's just commuting, you know, from, from San Francisco to the East. Bay. I think it's extraordinary, actually. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> and the moments, too, where you come up out of a, a tunnel, like out of the tunnel um, into Orinda. I mean, it's it's the, the transition from the tunnel lighting into like the blue sky is also really beautiful. Yeah, I mean, you you see sort of the harsh sort of underground lighting of all the San Francisco stations alongside like the lush, almost forest-like sections around like, yeah, Arinda and Lafayette. Mm -hmm. It's really striking. Did making this documentary and watching this footage, you know, over and over, did it change what you pay attention to and think about when you're riding, you know, BART and looking out the windows? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think I pay attention now to, like, the quality of the light, <laughs> like, in the time of the day, looking mm. out the window. I love, like, the different shadows and such you see at different times of day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also look for landmarks more now. Like, Having made the movie, like one scene I really love is the, I think it's called the Grover Freeway Exchange Mm. just before MacArthur, Mm -hmm. where you look up and there's just this like tangled mess of highways intersecting over the BART station. Mm -hmm. So now whenever I'm on the train, I'm I'm looking, I guess, for like these sections of track Mm. that I find really familiar. Do you think it changed anything about the way that you think about you know, housing or the politics of landscape in this place or anything? Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, a lot of the movie kind of is implicitly about this, but, you know, like, it is kind of weird to go through, like, Lafayette, for instance, like a town of not that many people. It's like, imagine you lived in a suburb of less than 100,000 people, but you also had direct access to the New York subway. (laughs) And that like within one hour, like you could be inside New York City. It's kind of dizzying. Like I think the Bay Area is the only place where we have so good of regional rail connecting so sparse Mm. of development. Mm. It seems sort of strange and odd. And I think, you know, in some ways, a missed opportunity. Yeah, uh, We're talking about the things we see out the windows of Bay Area Public Transit. Joined first here by Vincent Wu, filmmaker, creator, and director of Tunnel Vision in Unauthorized Bart Ride. You can find it on YouTube, and it's screening again at the Roxy on August 15th, I believe, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Love to have everyone there yeah. if you're listening. I um, want to add a couple of other voices into our conversation here. We've got Liam O'Donohue, my friend, host and producer of East Bay Yesterday. Welcome, Liam. Hi, Alexis. And uh, it's an absolute honor to be here. So happy to have you. And we also have May Lee, who's co-curator of Muni Raised Me, an exhibition that was up at Selma Arts just recently. Welcome. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. Um, so 
Liam, I want you to talk a little bit about what you see from Bart as a passenger, you know, not from the front, but kind of looking out the the side windows. What's a view that you really cherish? Well, uh, when I used to commute back and forth between San Francisco and Oakland every day, I always loved that feeling of coming out of the Transbay tube, coming home at night and emerging in West Oakland. Mm. Uh, It's such a different landscape than you are leaving behind in San Francisco. And uh, one of my favorite parts of that experience is if you actually get out at the West Oakland stop often, uh, you know, when you're leaving San Francisco, it can often be very cold, very chilly. <laughs> and then you get off at West Oakland, you get on that bar stop, and it's the sun is shining, it's warm, and you look back <laughs> in the city and you just see, you know, those uh, skyscrapers emerging out of the fog. It looks like San Francisco is floating on clouds. Uh-huh. And um, it just feels like such a trans- transformation that you go through when you uh, make that short trip through the Transbay tube. You know, in 10 minutes, it's like you're in a completely different world. Yes, it's very like Lord of the Rings, I feel like. You know, you see the city off in the distance. Yeah, the elven city. Um, And, uh, May, how about you? I mean, obviously, you um, are are more of a Muni person. Um, What is a view that you cherish out of a Muni window? I mean, I think of my Muni experiences, like, throughout my whole life, and I... I can't help but think of my friends and the people I grew up with. Um, And so like seeing like a familiar face waiting at the bus stop and like being so cheesed that they're about to get (laughs) off my stop Um, or yeah, just the many faces that become familiar to you as you like stick to a commute and like how my commutes have changed throughout the years. And so like adding many familiar faces, even though I don't know their names, Mm. like they just become part of my, my world. And you feel like with Muni, it's more like you're looking at the people because of kind of like the the level of examination that being inside the city lets you see versus like Bart's more kind of like landscape orientation. Ooh, that's an interesting one. I do feel like I notice the people a lot more on Muni than I do on Bart. But I think the like I, I the sunset views on Bart are like just absolutely spectacular. Um, oh, yeah, love that stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> Um, but like also San Francisco is just such a pretty city. Like I think I look at houses a lot. I look at like the vistas and the views and like some of my Muni rides throughout the years have been like really hilly and like almost precarious in terms of, <laughs> you know, like you're on the 36, like going who knows how fast, like down some like windy street, like, all right. We're, we're in this. I Good thing you're being driven by a professional. That's what I yes. always think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're talking about the things we see out the windows of Bay Area Public Transit, joined by Vincent Wu, filmmaker behind Tunnel Vision and Unauthorized Bart Ride, Liam O'Donoghue, host and producer of East Bay Yesterday, May Lee, co-curator of Muni Raise Me, which was an exhibition at Selma Arts. Of course, we want to hear from you on this show. What's your favorite view from public transit in the Bay Area? Or, you know, what's a view that kind of makes you cringe from public transit in the Bay Area? The number is 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. The email is forum at kqed.org. Twitter, Instagram, threads, or KQED forum. Um, Liam, it's not going to surprise you that my favorite view also is West Oakland. But it is looking to the port from BART. It is like... 
there's actually probably no better way to actually understand like a modern intermodal like port than than actually riding BART through it because you can see the rail, you can see all the yards of of containers, and you can also see you know the gantry cranes and the ships and all the other components of it. I just it's one of my favorite views. Um, there's something too about kind of right the level that BART is at, like when it's above ground, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Uh, the areas of Oakland that BART travels through uh, are generally, you know, two, three, four story buildings, so not very tall. And BART towers over a lot of the development in those sort of flatlands industrial neighborhoods. And so you're just high enough where you can really kind of take it all in and get this perspective that you don't normally get to see. Um, but you're low enough where you still get the kind of intimacy and connection to the land that you don't get if you're, you know, flying over it in a plane, you know, about to land in um, in Oakland Airport. And another great thing you get to see is all the art. Uh, anyone who's ever <laughs> taken part through Oakland knows that it's basically like a changing uh, art gallery. There's so many graffiti artists and street artists who are constantly painting the areas alongside of the BART tracks and you can almost use the changing art to kind of mark time. So like, for Mm -hmm. example, Alexis, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but uh, right before BART dips down to go in between the West Oakland stop and downtown, right before it dips down, Mm -hmm. um, if you're looking sort of north, actually it's, it's a better angle if you're kind of coming towards West Oakland, but if you're looking north, just north of the tracks, there's this flat rooftop and years ago, about 10, 15 years ago, there was these two very prolific street artists. One was named Gats and the other was named Swampy. And they both do these very distinctive kind of head figures. Mm-hmm. And they did these incredible giant heads that covered this entire roof. And, you know, taking part week after week, year after year, slowly seeing these heads kind of, you know, the paint crack and crumble. And now it's like just a faded outline. But I'm like, wow, I've been in Oakland for a long time. So I remember <laughs> That That is beautiful. Oh, man. Now I got to go see if we can see that in your film, Vincent. Um, Yeah. I'm not sure if you've seen the roof. I got to go look. Yeah, yeah. Wait, just real quick. I wanted to say, Maylee, the idea or like the genesis for the Bart movie kind of had its origins in trying to document Muni. Also, like there was like a summer where I was attaching like GoPros to bikes and then putting those bikes in the bike carriers of Muni buses. Oh my God. And that's where we kind of got the idea to try to find like an unusual view. Well, hold that thought for oh one sec. God. We got to go to a quick break talking about things out the windows of Bay Area oh, yeah. Public Transit. Vincent Wu, Liam O'Donoghue, and May Lee will be back. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. 
Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. We're talking about the things we see out of the windows of Bay Area public transit, joined by May Lee, co-curator of Muni Raised Me. It's an exhibition that was up at Soma Arts. Liam O'Donoghue, host and producer of East Bay Yesterday, everyone's favorite East Bay history podcast. And Vincent Wu, filmmaker, creator, and director of Tunnel Vision, an unauthorized BART ride, which you can queue up on YouTube right now while you're listening to the show. Um, I want to bring in a couple of callers here to give us their favorite views uh, around our region. Rose in Berkeley, you're up. Hi, my favorite view from public transit in the Bay Area is from the Trans Bay buses headed mm-hmm. from Berkeley to San Francisco. When you're a little higher up than you would be in your passenger car, most likely you could see, especially on a clear winter day, such a beautiful view of Alcatraz and the Golden Gate Bridge. Mm-hmm. And even though I'm usually stressed headed to work, I try to remember that this view, this view is the, um, you know, the view of a vacation of a lifetime for a lot of people around the world. And so That's I try to right. appreciate it every time I see it. Oh, man, Rose, such a good point. Two, two other points on, on top of it. I love looking at the barges that are anytime I'm up on the Bay Bridge. I love looking at the barges that are sitting there off of uh, Treasure Island and just like trying to imagine what they've done in their lives, you know? Um, and yeah, Le- yeah. they're so interesting. Uh, and Liam, the, I uh, can tell you, I can yeah. tell you what they've done. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw those barges recently dragging a lot of, uh, bicycles up from the muck in the Emeryville Marina because wow. those barges are used for dredging and they're constantly, they need to keep the, uh, channels, uh, in the marina at a certain depth, and also the channels that the shipping containers go through, as you know, Alexis, need yeah, to be yeah. at least fifty feet deep for those giant uh, for those giant ships. And so most of the bay is pretty shallow, well under twenty feet. So those barges keep very busy, and they find a lot of interesting things at the bottom of the oh, bay. Oh man, yeah, those the they bring in these like clamshell uh, dredgers that just like go down there and just chomp away at the bottom. Which I I've, every time I've ever seen that, it how just did the bicycles get out there? You That's wouldn't want to be a know. crab at the bottom of the bay on that day. No, yeah, that day. yeah. How do how did the bicycles get out there, Liam? Any thoughts? Um, I'm thinking maybe they fell off a sailboat, or maybe <laughs> you know sense. someone was just being careless. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, let's uh, take one other call here, and then we'll go back into some other stuff. Fran in San Francisco, welcome. Hey, Fran, can you hear me? Sorry, Fran. We're going to go to uh, Eva in Hayward. Welcome. Hi. Um, I I think the thing I said before was there's a there's a bit down the road on the Fremont line when you're going from Oakland down south, and I don't know exactly where it is, but there's there are all these like container yards and things, and there's this one yard that's got a bunch of porta potties in it, <laughs> and I I always kind of wonder like how often do those porta potties that are at the very like way way back of the corner actually like ever go out anywhere um <laughs> so that's something i always kind of look for on that line um and then i had another sort of similar fog fog moment coming out of bright sunshine and arinda and you can kind of see that wall getting started over the hills um and then by the time you surface up in rockridge it's just like you're in a whole different world um and it's almost like you know did that sunshine ever really exist it's it's a fun it's a fun sort of microclimate yeah, thing to get to drive through on Bart that I really love. Absolutely, I mean, Eva, I love that idea. Did, did that sun ever really exist? Like that's definitely true. The second you go through the tunnel, you're on the other side, and you see that gray. You're like, no, the sun actually doesn't exist anywhere. That's it. There's no sun in no. this earth. Um, I uh, may I wanted to ask you a little bit um, about what you think you got from curating 
the the Muni exhibition? Like, what was it that you learned about Muni or the the experience of riding it that you didn't get just from being a rider? Oh, I love this. I, I think I, the reaction from like the audience was really incredible. And some, sometimes it can feel really isolating being like a born and raised San Franciscan. Like mm-hmm. you, you lose so many people who've moved away, like businesses that have been like there your whole life are closed. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was such an amazing reaction from the audience. We like put out a little guest book and it was filled up by the time the ex- exhibition closed. Um, just people being like, this feels like home. Like this mm-hmm. feels like San Francisco in a way that hasn't necessarily felt like San Francisco in a while. Um and it was really beautiful, really, just to see, like, the intergenerational response to the art that was put together. Um, it was really touching. I really loved it. Yeah. Any of those guestbook comments, like, stick with you? Like, any of the, like, particular ones? I mean, there were some that were really personal that were, like, you know, people who were, like, like my grandpa would have loved this. Like, he used to drive from uni or mm. oh, my brother or, like, like people, like, a lot of the show was very much... Uh, like a eulogy of sorts for San Francisco. Um, I think there's a lot of like forced nostalgia uh, being born and raised here because the change has happened so quickly. So even though I'm 29, I feel like I've seen like three or four versions of San Mm. Francisco already. Um, And, and I think that like sense of like, like who are we without these institutions? Who are we without these people who we've grown up with? But we're still here, you know? Like, I think there is still very much a strong sense of like San Francisco, we're, we're, we're still here. We're still like hyphy, we're still trying, you know, we're hustling. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like that, like there's still like a, a sense of pride and love for this city that um, that I was able to see like in person at the show, which really like touched me. And I, um, I really only, I hope to only like continue to build that and like, make connections within those 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 emotions yeah um liam you know earlier we had uh, a caller just like describe you know just the beauty of the bay and it's just like the natural landscape being i think as she put it you know the vacation of a lifetime uh for somebody coming coming to san francisco i mean it does feel to me like people have gone too heavy on like san francisco is dead um, in part because we do have this incredible like asset, which is just everything is beautiful. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, the there was headlines that you saw, I'm sure, that said, is San Francisco over? And it's like, are you kidding? Of course not. This isn't <laughs> some desolate city in the middle of nowhere, you know, that people are going to pull up the stakes and never come back. This is one of the most beautiful places on the planet. Incredible views everywhere. And great climate, even if there's an economic downturn, we've gone through this so many times. There's been so many bubbles that have popped between, you know, now and the gold rush. Right. Seven years ago, it's like, this will continue happening. Things will go up and down. And, like, let's also keep in mind that even in the, the boom times when the bubble's inflating, that uh, those benefits aren't equally shared by everyone. Yeah. And so, I mean, there could be benefits for some people during this downturn as well. I don't want to make light of, you know, people being laid off and businesses closing, but um, it's it's certainly not all doom. Uh, but, you know, you're, you're, you mentioned, you know, there people appreciate these beautiful views, but I love the comment from the listener a minute ago about noticing the porta potties. <laughs> no, really, that's one of the things that riding on public transit allows you to do. Staring out the window, your mind can wander. And it's like one of the few times that you really have time to kind of take in the environment around you. 
and you know staring at things you, you never know what kind of what rabbit holes your brain is going to fall through and it really if you're a curious person it's like every day is is a real journey you know riding bart or riding munich through the city because you can really take in so many yeah. different kinds it's of it's more landscape. like walking you know you have time to actually yeah. think about stuff yeah it's true and it's like you know um you know, it's kind of oftentimes the speed of biking, <laughs> but you're not like uh, worried about getting hit by a car oh, yeah. or having to like, you can you know, just sort of veg out. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. When I'm biking, I'm looking for potholes. I'm not staying yes. around. Also that. <laughs> and getting doored. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, we would love to hear from you. What's a view from public transit that makes you look up from your phone or that you you wait for every time you're riding your bus or ferry or uh, or BART? You can give us a call. Number is 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. The email is forum at kqed.org. Twitter, Instagram, threads, we're at KQED Forum. Let's hear uh, from Pam in Sebastopol. Welcome. Hey. How are you? Hey, doing well, Thank Pam. You. Yeah, go ahead. Good. All right. Well, I just, I just, you know, there's so many views that are so breathtaking around the Bay, as you well know, but I just have to nominate the view looking out the window of the smart train Ooh. traveling through Sonoma and Marin County. Mm. What do you see? Well, the landscape is breathtaking, and then there's the critters. <laughs> what critters do you see, though? I, I have, I've never taken the smart train, I have to admit. Well, you know, there's some some livestock, just cows mm-hmm. grazing and sheep walking around, and I don't, you know, just critters. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I love I mean, it. I'll just say I don't come from an agricultural background. But, yeah, <laughs> I love that. No, I love I and um, a good ad for the smart train being um, a calming kind of pastoral uh, experience. Um, we have uh, some amazing comments. Thank you for that, Pam. Um, here we go. We've got Mia writes in to say. Just north of the Daily City BART station, headed into the city, I used to see a small walled garden off Market Street. Sometimes I would see a group doing Tai Chi or another group exercise. I don't know if it's still there. Barbara tweets, I lived in the Triple Rock Brewery Warehouse, which you can see just before the Rockridge Station. The billboard was a big guy with a giant beer. When I had my daughter 24 years ago today, I put lettering in the window that said, It's a girl! And people I knew saw it. I know exactly uh, where you're talking about. Caroline writes in to say, my favorite moment riding the 33 from the Richmond District to the Mission is the moment on Twin Peaks when the bus starts going downhill and everyone turns their heads to look out at downtown. Going through Twin Peaks unnecessarily adds a good 15 minutes to the only direct line between the two districts, which takes a (laughs) staggering 45 minutes. But sometimes that view makes that time feel worth it. Um, I want to add one other voice into our conversation here. Sarah Katz-Hyman is the editor of Muni Diaries. Welcome. Thanks so much for having me. So talk to me about the Muni Diaries take on, you know, how Muni works and the role that it plays in the city. Yeah, um, Diaries, uh, we really think that Muni is our public living room. Um, It's a journal for San Franciscans, and um, it's just a place for people to share their everyday bus stories um, as everyday bus riders. And so, um, I mean, listening to all of y'all talk about this, all the listeners calling in, all these comments, is honestly very inspiring for me and for us at Muni Diaries. And yeah, we just really see this this experience as a shared experience. Um, Looking out the window can remind us of people we've lost or of new relationships, new friendships, 
of really this kind of magic that it seems that San Francisco and the Bay Area just elicits in all of our brains and all of our minds just to, I don't know, be together. So, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, waking up uh, on a a 9am on a Friday, I'm I'm very inspired by everything (laughs) I've been hearing. (laughs) Talk to me about uh, one of the the lines, maybe like the 22. Tell us where it goes Uh, and, and what you think it says about the city. Yeah, I'm very lucky to live along the 22 um, myself. So, um, you know, maybe a little bit partial to it. But the 22 goes all the way up um, from the marina, you know, all the way down now to Dogpatch. And I think San Francisco being kind of the the compact city it is, Muni is a really special way to see that city, uh, you know, fairly quickly. um, And to see the variety of architecture and people and businesses, um, you know, what May said earlier about the people you see on Muni, I think it's a really special part of public transit. When you're looking out the window, you're seeing conversations, you're seeing people come on the bus, maybe to and from work. I have a specific memory on the 22 of um, there's a couple of post office, USPS post office on that line. And I've seen our post people on the bus with their letter bags, taking uh, mail to people using public transit. And I just think that's a fantastic intersection (laughs) of public services um, in our city and really quite special. Yeah, I love that. Um, we're talking about the things we see out the windows of Bay Area public transit. It's a party this morning, joined by Sarah Katz-Hyman, editor of Muni Diaries, May Lee, co-curator of Muni Raise Me, an exhibition that was up at Soma Arts, Liam O'Donohue, host and producer of East Bay Yesterday, and Vincent Wu, filmmaker and creator and director of Tunnel Vision, an unauthorized BART ride. Um, we've got Fran in San Francisco back. Welcome, Fran. Hi, Good morning. This is, um, I've been riding Muni uh, for about 35 years, and I'm going to select one bus line. It's the number 33, and it goes, um, it starts around California, goes along Arguello, uh, then it goes through the Haight a little bit, then it goes to Ashbury, so it goes along Ashbury for a long stretch which is an incredible ride along Ashbury, but all the houses and, you know, the hate. Yeah. And then at Upper Market and Castro, this is the spot where the bus makes like a U-turn. It makes it, it makes a big, sharp turn. And from the top of this sort of a hill turn, you have a spectacular view in three directions, mm. um, I guess east, west, and I guess it's south. But it's a magnificent panoramic view of the city, which is very awesome. And anybody uh, who's not looking down at their phone should definitely <laughs> shoot it. Yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah. Uh, I love that, friend. That is a um, that's a beautiful thing to imagine. Thank you so much. Um Let's, uh, how about, let's bring in Anne in Fairfax. Welcome. Hi. Um, So I used to commute from downtown San Francisco west on California Street on the One California, and I would see people in Chinatown get on the bus with buckets of fish. Um, And secondly, I grew up in the Midwest, and I was coming home from work one time and I was sitting next to another young woman and all of a sudden the rain turned to hail and I didn't know this person but at the same time we both yelled weather and she it turned out was from (laughs) Chicago and 
we don't have weather in San Francisco. If you have a thunderstorm and it turns dark, everybody think it, thinks it's end of days. But one other uh, memory is taking the um, Cal train down to Palo Alto in the late 70s. And there was a house along the way that was right along the tracks and had these topiary bears that were, they clearly just wanted to uh, show the people from the train because it would have been in somebody's backyard. So these three topiary bears walking along a fence. I'll never forget it. Oh, I love that. Um, May Lee, co-curator of the Muni Raise Me exhibition, thank you so much um, for that for that uh, call. I was wondering if, how you approached, you know, the art that we do see, the kind of like that that is there along so many of these bar lines that people have mentioned, you know, kind of intentional and unintentional art installations. I mean, San Francisco is filled with art. I I don't think I realized how lucky I was to grow up here until I, like, moved away and, like, went to a city that maybe just where it was different. Like, yeah, you see so much art. Like, there's there's art on the like on the buses itself. Like, you know, I mean, I grew up here. Like, I know a lot of friends who would, like, tag or, like, put their little drawings everywhere. Um, And then and then, like, looking out, like, the architecture here is incredible. Mm. And the and the um the like just the color story of San Francisco is incredible. I was I mean, there are so many moments in my mind that's like, oh, San Francisco is really different. Like these like markers, like when a thrift town closed on 17th. Um, and then another one is when they painted over the uh the the Modrion house on um uh used to be on uh like right in front of uh Ocean Beach. Um and yeah, you, yeah, can, just, you can measure time with these things. I mean, it is definitely one of the one of the you know you go by the same place over and over, and like that is a certain kind of clock. I mean, um, Julie writes in to say, you know, October nineteen ninety one, a friend and I took Bart from San Francisco to Oakland to see where all the smoke was coming from. It was from the Oakland Hills fire. On the way back, the train stopped between stations for some reason. The sun was setting, and there was a line of bright fire along the top of the hills. Everyone was looking out the window. Lamel writes, There's a magnificent sweeping view of Mount Diablo and the valley receding into the distance as you approach the Walnut Creek Station eastbound. I believe it is the highest elevation of track over street level, so you actually approach from above. feels like you're coming in for a landing. I've been all over BART, and this is the widest, deepest view I've seen. I look forward to it every day on my commute. Oh, that's a good one, Lamel. Thank you for that. Uh, we are talking about the things you see out the windows of Bay Area public transit and what they tell us about where we live. We're joined by May Lee, co-curator of Muni Raise Me, and exhibit those up at Soma Arts. Liam O'Donohue, host and producer of East Bay Yesterday. Vincent Wu, filmmaker, creator, and director of Tunnel Vision and Unauthorized Bart Ride. And Sarah Katzheimen, editor of Muni Diaries. We'll be back with more right after the break. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. 
Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. We're talking about the things we see out the windows of our Bay Area transit systems and what they tell us about where we live. Joined by Vincent Wu, filmmaker, creator, and director of Tunnel Vision, an unauthorized BART ride. You can see it on YouTube, August 15th at the Roxy as well. Liam O'Donohue, host and producer of East Bay Yesterday. Sarah Katzheimann, editor of Muni Diaries, and Maylee, co-curator of Muni Raised Me. Um, Liam, I'm going to start with you, do a little round robin with you all here. Um, what's a view from public transit, and you get to choose here, that's either made you happy or made you cringe? Um, well, a view that made me very happy at the time, but now is making me a little sad, is I remember riding BART through East Oakland, and the uh, train was kind of timed up with the fireworks going off at the Oakland Coliseum. Mm, wow. uh, the A's, of course, you know, occasionally a couple times a year will do the fireworks shows, and uh, I just happened to be, you know, looking towards the hills as the fireworks started going off. And everyone on, you know, this train was just eyes to the glass, watching these fireworks explode. It was beautiful. And now, you know, looking at the current state of the A's, uh, it appears as though they're going to be leaving us behind shortly. And unfortunately, uh, you know, that's a view that I'll treasure because I know I might never get to see it again. Mm. God, yeah. The A's. <laughs> Vincent, uh, how about you? A view from public transit that makes you happy or that has made you cringe? I'm going to cheat a little. This one's from Amtrak, actually. Mm. Uh, Coastal Starlight. Uh, my friend Danielle was riding it, and she saw, like, a moss-covered building. So she took a picture of it, and then, like, years later, we went back to try to hunt down that GPS location. <laughs> Turned out to be, like, an abandoned paper mill, and we, like, snuck in. It was incredible, but it was just like she looked up from the window and thought, I'll go here later. I thought that was just remarkable act of willpower. And then just like recruited you as someone who likes to do crazy photographic adventures. Oh, yeah. No, totally. (laughs) It was just a great time. I mean, Oregon's great. Uh, For cringe, it's whenever I'm on BART and I see that the cars are going faster than the train. Like, what are we doing here? What's going on? (laughs) It's true, especially if you look back at the way that Bart was advertised originally as being this, like, super speed, you know. I blame uh, the cars. We just made cars too fast. (laughs) Too much power. Um, May, how about you? Happy or cringe? Um, I'll do happy. My favorite favorite line is the J-Line. and specifically the last J train um, at, of the night going southbound, um, they always send the the F trains, which are like these really cute little like cable car-y kind of things. Mm-hmm. They send them to sleep at Balboa. So like if you take the last J train, it's usually an F car going home. Um, and so I would like hang out at Dolores Park or in the Castro until like one o'clock in the morning and then try to hop the last one back to my place. And it's just like this super romantic time and like one or one o'clock in the morning like on this Mm. like beautiful trolley car riding the j track and like looking out like you're at the top of dolores park and like the city is just sparkling um and like yeah just feeling so safe i'm feeling so alive right now may (laughs) 
<laughs> Thank you. Uh, let's see. Let's go to uh, CJ in Alameda. Hi. Well, speaking of happy, the AC Transit 51 line is like the best movie ever. And you go from Alameda to Oakland. In Alameda, you pass this. I discovered this funny little development called Stonehenge. It looks like hobbits live there. And then you go from there and into Chinatown, which is always amazing. And then down Broadway and Temescal, Rockridge. One time on the way back uh, to Alameda, uh, Oakland Tech High School was getting out. And that was an experience I will never forget. Just like a hundred. I love all uh, the kids there. Just it was wonderful. So I and it's always on time. So the fifty one A rock. Fifty one A. That's a nice shout out. And Sarah Katz Hyman, we didn't get to you. Happy or cringe view from uh, public transit? Oh yeah. Well, I'll always choose the happy view. Um, <laughs> one that really sticks out to me. We've talked a lot about the vast views that you see in the Bay Area. We're so lucky with these hills and the in the big sky, but um. Something that uh, is close to my heart is uh, taking the 43, ascending into the Presidio um, with these trees just crowded over your bus. Um, and while eucalyptus trees are invasive and certainly a fire risk, um, that feeling of kind of going into this magical forest um, is really special to me. And I don't know, it, it really puts you in this headspace. Um, and then you you leave those trees and then you see this big view of the Golden Gate Bridge mm. that, you know, that million dollar view that so many do come to the Bay Area to see. So um, all within maybe 30 seconds, which is just um, an incredible experience. Oh, I love that. Um, we need some South Bay representation here. We need some <laughs> South Bay people to call in um, and tell us their favorite South Bay views um, there. We also need to get some maritime uh, representation here. Steve in San Francisco, welcome. Hi, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing well. well um, I would just like to say my favorite view is on the ferries from Sausalito to Oakland and seeing the uh, the flotillas of brown pelicans flying oh, about. They're so when good. I, when, I, when I first got here, I was, I've been here 25 years, but they were only taken off the endangered species list in 2009, I believe. So it's wonderful to see them all the same. I love them. Um, yeah. yeah. Every I time I see a brown pelican probably. squadron, I think to myself, like, man, look at the, they're just, they're, they're, they're better than eagle to me. I'll put it that way. You know? I know there's flocks of like 30 of them now at a time. It's fantastic. So yeah. thanks for the show as well. Hey, great, thank you, Steve. Appreciate it. Yeah. And I think, um, I, I will go to you on this one, Liam. I mean, one of my favorite, East Bay things to do with people is to actually just take the ferry into city. I don't even need to go into city and get off at the ferry building, but just being able to go on the water, you go underneath the new Bay Bridge, which is just, it's so beautiful to see all the other ships that are out there in the shipping channel. I assume you love this too. Well, I love it. And I get to see the view very often because I take people out on these historical boat tours that travel through the Oakland estuary and go up through Jack London Square and I know one of the things that you wanted to discuss today was sort of how we see these changing landscapes mm -hmm. throughout the Bay when we're taking public transit day after day, week after week. And the views along the Oakland Estuary have changed so dramatically in the last five years since I've started doing these tours. Uh, so much residential development on the Alameda side. And of course, the, the emergence of Brooklyn Basin, mm -hmm. the largest new residential development in Oakland in about half a century, the creation of the town, uh, Township Commons Park, 
it's just been amazing to watch that uh, transformation happen. And uh, again, it's just like when you go, when you take public transit, whether it's a bus or a ferry or a BART, if you look out the windows every day, it really is never the same place twice. I mean, you, you, I just did an episode recently of my podcast about the history of the key system, mm-hmm. which was the public transit network that preceded BART and AC Transit and Muni. And one of the things that blew my mind when I was researching this history is that there were people that were born during the horse and buggy era, during the late 1800s, who lived long enough to see rocket ships take people to the moon. Right. You know, so right. imagine seeing, riding those trains and like watching the city of Oakland, watching the entire bay grow up around you. I mean, that that's in one lifetime, these people got to see this just absolutely mind-blowing transformation. And I think we're still seeing transformations everywhere we look if you're paying attention. Well, and that key system, right? It had this massive role in stimulating the precise like version of development that the East Bay got, right? Like all of those big roads now used to be key system routes, right? Absolutely. I mean, they created the commercial corridors. The key system was essentially part of a real estate development project. And so they would build things like the Claremont Hotel at the end of their line in order to stimulate development around those neighborhoods so they could subdivide those plots of land and sell them into profit. And you're absolutely right. The the landscape around us, they drew that map. Um, the way that even, I mean, so many of your listeners, I'm probably sure are familiar with the secret stairways that shimmy up through the through the East Bay Hills. Those stairways were developed so people could get to their uh, streetcar stops faster. Yeah. So, so many remnants left of the key system left if you know where to look. It's also painful to look back at what the total commute time was, like from different parts of the East Bay, when it was streetcar plus ferry. And then you look at the total time and you're like, you could spend that much time just at the toll plaza. I feel like way faster than driving across the Bay Bridge. Yeah. Yeah, And much better views because the key system tracks went along the lower uh, lower deck of the Bay Bridge after the Bay Bridge opened in 36. And so, you know, not only would you have this great commute, but again, those views that people get on the Bay Bridge. uh, you know, looking looking out uh, at that every day must have just been oh, amazing. Yeah. We've got to go on this guy's boat tour. That oh, man, amazing. Liam's boat tour. I've actually been on Liam's boat tour. Oh. It's extremely fun. Um, for anyone who's curious, you should look it up. East Bay Yesterday has these boat tours. And you do two different ones, right? Because, I mean, you do the one where you're in Oakland. I do, the and Richmond, do, I do a tour up to Richmond, too, where we go up near uh, East Brother Island, Point Malate. And speaking of kind of hidden landscapes, that is an area that oh, man. almost no one ever gets to see. And it is really a fascinating pocket of the bay. Point Malate, so such an interesting place. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's um, just, oh, go, to, go ahead. Uh, I just want to say that, like, when you take a ferry, and you could trip chain it with a bus or a barge. And it's just this fun way to like have a fully transit experience. And you really do see so many different things out of your window. And sometimes you see the same thing from different views from differences and, and the ferry. I like to call the ferry, a lot of my friends call the ferry budget yachting. And it's truly that. And it's just so wonderful. Dude. You, get a, you get a wine. It's so true. Cheetos. It's really nice day. I know. I have to say, every time I arrive at like my ferry terminal destination, I just want to ride it back the other way and just like do it, do it one more time. You know, it is. I mean, and maybe that's it. I'm just a budget yachting person, I guess. You know, um, we do have we have some uh, we have uh, Keisho in Keishao in Santa Clara. Welcome. Good morning. Good morning. One of, one of the things I remember. They're taking the ride all the way from down the VTA from Mountain View down to uh, Campbell, Winchester and Campbell and in the, in the South Bay. 
for the past 20 years or so, the, the journey has transformed so much. It mm. used to be open space in the Mountain View area, Moffett Field and whatnot. And then now you take the same train and you see lots of apartment complexes, buildings coming up. And then you come down and you see a lot of homeless encampments. Mm-hmm. Which, which is sad and depressing sometimes. And then you come into downtown San Jose and you see all the bustling streets and the restaurants and it makes you happy. <laughs> Over the years, you kind of gone through this, uh, the transformation around you and it's a reflection of that when you take the train. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Thank you so much. I mean, I, and and let's let's talk about this a little bit. I mean, May, let's start let's start with you here. I mean, how do you do when you see things out a transit window that are that are depressing? I mean, it, it happens sometimes. You see people who are really suffering. Um like how how what do you do? Like do you have something that you think about or anything? Mm, I mean, like I like growing up I went to Glide Memorial Church when I was a kid. I was in the children's choir. So I was down in the Tenderloin once a week, um, at least. And um, yeah, I, I just, I, I think there's like this ask, this this feeling that like, oh, these problems are new or like, oh, th- like this is stuff that like, like this is unprecedented. But I really do feel like it's it's just an urban thing mm-hmm. like there like yes there's drug use here yes there are houselessness there's houselessness here um but it's been here and like these problems are are big and they require like a big response um i always give cash to houseless people um i'm always looking out for like the kids and like just being present and like i i feel like i've been blessed with um a, a, an awareness like growing up in, in an urban setting of like mm-hmm. just tracking people and like my fellow passengers and, and like young women on, on the buses and the trains that I ride. Um, just like, you know, we keep each other safe. Um, and it's our responsibility to like take care of each other. And I think that sense, it is sad. Like, of course it's sad to mm-hmm. see this level of human suffering, but um, you know, it's it's a problem that's existed for for a while, and I think it's going to re- it requires solutions that are like long term yeah. like with a big vision. Yeah, um, Sarah Kat Timon, what do you think? Yeah, you know, I think um, seeing hard and difficult things from a, from above is kind of part of living. Right? Um, and to echo what May said. Um, it's it's not that they should be ignored. It's that I think it just reminds us that our shared humanity. Uh, it's one of the biggest uh, things that we hear in mini diaries and stories that people tell on our show, our podcast and our live shows is that, you know, their story might be a unique lived experience to them. But everyone else on that bus also lived that experience in some way. They they saw that point of view. And so mm. um, as much as looking out of a window from a bus, the people who are on the street or walking to and from work or whatever are also and so um while you have a barrier you're more connected than you think and i think it's a good reminder that um we all are sharing the space in the city and so um you know with compassion and to kind of think about those shared stories and how we're a lot closer than i think Mm. uh we might we might realize yeah we've got some uh great um comments coming in from different places. Uh, one listener on Discord writes, the way we track time through landscape change that Alexis and Liam are talking about speaks to the importance of awareness of place. To know a place well means to hold many versions from the past to the present in mind at the same time. I love that. Another listener writes, 
I'm old enough to remember when BART first went online in the 70s. I was a kid wow. living in Reading, but often visited family in the East Bay. My mother would give my cousins and I the fare to go from Fremont to my grandparents in Hayward. We'd stay on the train, go under the bay, and back to Hayward. For a kid from a small town, this felt like traveling on a spaceship. I love that, Vincent Wu. That, it feels like the people who put BART into place and first wrote it did really feel like we did something really almost impossible to do, build a new transit system over a pre-existing city. Yeah. And yeah. I get a lot of, this is actually the most gratifying thing about having made the movie for me, is I get a ton of YouTube comments just like this. People sharing stories from like 50 years ago about the first time they got to ride the train. Mm-hmm. Or people saying like, my parents like did their engagement shoot at the BART opening. Like all these little quirks <laughs> Wow, that's of dedicated. Yeah. Think about what it must have been like to watch it open. Mm-hmm. Like, it would have been mind-blowing to see these weird futuristic-looking trains going 70 miles an hour, you know? Right. Absolutely. Well, that's that. That's why people, like, in the first couple of years of BART being open, Muhammad Ali, uh, Margaret Thatcher, Richard Nixon, like, when celebrities would come to town, like, riding BART was the thing to do. They did all these photo ops. And it was like, this was the star of the planet. This was the first right. new major transit system built in the United States in decades, and yeah. everyone wanted to see it. I mean, you know the thing, I bet we would all agree on the show right now that the thing that I miss most is there was the day where you could walk through the Transbay Tunnel. Oh, yeah. God, how much would you like to have done I that? I was just in the Prelinger libraries, and they had a photo from two like teens who snuck in through a manhole and biked the tube and took a photo of themselves at the end, like in the 70s or something. No, it must have been like... Early 80s. I don't remember exactly. That's not recommended to any listeners. (laughs) It's such a good picture and it will never be recreated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Last couple comments. Laura on Discord writes, I'm up in the North Bay and I'm simply smitten by the variety of views from the smart train, urban, suburban, farmland, wetlands and wildlands. My husband uses the train for his commute to Larkspur, but my family and I like to ride the train just to chill out and observe the environment. Christina writes in, I love the backyards from Amtrak, plus one to this, especially the lines of laundry when it is windy and they billow. My mom dried laundry that way, but it's bigger than that. I feel so intimate with life, more inside of humanity. Also, the views from MacArthur to El Cerrito Plaza when it's raining and the colors blur. The outlines I know so well are still there, but they enter each other through the rain running down the window. Ah, it's perfect. The 9 o'clock hour forum is produced by Blanca Torres, Grace Juan, Jennifer Ng, Juan Carlos Lara. Our interns are Jericho Reininger and uh, Amico Oda. Marlena Jackson-Rotondo is our engagement producer. Francesca Fenzi is our digital community producer. Judy Campbell's lead producer. Our engineers are Danny Bringer and Brendan Willard. VP of News is Ethan Tovin Lindsay. And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. We've been talking about the things we see out the windows of Bay Area public transit with Vincent Wu, director of Tunnel Vision and unauthorized BART ride. Liam O'Donohue, host and producer of East Bay Yesterday. May Lee, co-curator of Muni Raise Me, an exhibit up at Soma Arts. And Sarah Katz-Hyman, editor of the Muni Diaries. Thank you so much to all of our guests and all of our callers. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned for another Hour Ahead with Mina Kim. Funds for the production of KQED's Forum are provided by the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, the Germanicos Foundation, and the Heising Simons Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. 
Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.